at school, y'all. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Arch Conversations 3.0. And today we have with us. Hi, I'm Yang. <laughs> so Yang is a creative. As you can see, we're we're in her home studio right now, and we're surrounded by her art, unfinished. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, work in progress. <laughs> and it's huge. I always admire people who can draw like that because I can only draw a piece of paper that big because I can see what I'm doing. Right. If it's that big, I don't know at this corner how it's gonna like at the end. So I always right. found that that's such a great talent to have to be able to see things in the big picture while you're doing something so small. Um, with that, I will let Yang introduce herself to you. Okay, so hi, um, I'm Yang and I work as a multidisciplinary artist, um, but I mainly practice in set design, production design, installation artworks, and so um, as an art director. Um, and this is what you're seeing right now is my private practice, which is painting, oil paintings, oil, and I mean, I use a multiple medium, but yeah. <laughs> Um, how long have you been doing this? This as in this, this or this life? Like creative. Creative, yeah, the creative work. Like were you always in this line or? Uh, we are 28. I think since I was 20. No, no, no. I think probably 21. So do you go to school for this? I went to school for comps, like journal journalism comps. But I was majoring in broadcast. So um, how do you get into this whole painting world? Painting on its own yeah. was just started with like, um, to me it was like therapy. So mm -hmm. I was painting a lot for fun and I love that there were no rules in a sense where there is no good or bad. There is no ugly or not, you know, it's all Well, there subjective. is, but it's very subjective. It's, yeah, it's yeah, absolutely it's, personal taste. I think the way you do it is great because if you put it out there and you expect the world to tell you if it's good or bad, then mm -hmm. it's not the way it should be. Yeah, I yeah. think that, uh, but that struggle is very real mm. for that um that feedback or mm. if it's a validation or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's just about not letting it take control mm. because I value what people think about my work. I value mm. my audiences. Definitely, thoughts. as an artist, what you're do doing is to give work to the world. Definitely, we want people to like it, mm. but at the same time, I feel like you need to have conviction in your own work yeah. to believe in it enough yeah. to know that if you put out good work, there might be a minority who like it, but that then there will be someone who likes it still. Yeah. Because I feel like if you put that conviction in your work, it should come through. I think vulnerability is one, is the huge thing mm -hmm. for any creative work. And to put it out there, um, because it's, yeah, it, it's leaving it to people's judgment, if I can say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but being okay with it or knowing what to focus on, mm. whose voices to focus on, I think. Mm. So it was just started, so painting started out as a therapy for you. Mm. And how do you get into these techniques? Because obviously, like, I couldn't do that, even if I wanted to. <laughs> um, techniques? Why? Like, how do you hone your skills? Right. Um, education and exposure. Oh, so you went to school? Um, no. So, unconventional education, ah. like YouTube. I like, like, um, IGTV, TikTok yeah. is great. Um, from friends, you know, like, friends who are practicing other medium, or friends who are in the same medium. And they're like, hey, yeah, why don't you try this? Or, oh, I like how you are using the colors this way. And then we bounce. Um, if not, it's SkillsFuture. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling like I'm plugging SkillsFuture, but honestly, it's great. Really? <laughs> yeah, I use it every time mm. I get my credit stopped up. Mm. Yeah. I've seen her work in our friends' establishments, and it's always like this vibe, this energy. How would you describe this vibe? 
I'm curious. Mm. I feel like it. I don't want to talk about you though. I just I talk oh, about art, okay? No, you can talk about me. Absolutely. Like I have no boundaries between myself and my work. I feel like the person is you are expressing like a profound type of sadness. Oh, wow, I like that. But it's not like, hey, I'm sad and angry with the world. No, right. like there is no anger against the world so much. Right. But there's a deep feeling of sadness within yourself that is coming through in your work. Wow. Not that you're set at any one person at one time or a specific thing. Right. Right. But there is definitely something. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Do you connect with mm-hmm. Um, why are you interviewing me? Yeah, no, I'm like, yeah, is this an art review now? Um but... Yeah, I do. <laughs> like it makes you feel something. Okay. At the very least. I'm also pressuring you to speak in front of the camera. <laughs> and that's all it is. I feel like art should make you feel. Whether or not you like it is a different thing. But if it makes you feel, then I feel like the artist is successful. Because art is feeling and emotion, to me, at right, least. Right, you have to yeah. feel something, you have to... Like it or not, it's another thing, right? It's very subjective. Yeah. But I do feel something when I look at it. And it's not bad work, because I know I couldn't do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, there's depth, yeah. there's layer, there's yeah. texture, there's yeah. good colour balance or colour clashes. Yeah. It's good. Thank you. No, okay. I also think you are very modest. I'm sure you are able to express yourself in, in the medium. It's just, it looks more serious in a studio setting right now. I suppose not really. It doesn't look very serious because I've seen the whole setting of your house, so it's quite chill. Yeah, it's not that it's not that it's serious. It's just that all the people are that their, their their body language is kind of slouched or hunched mm-hmm. over. Yeah. So it's not like a yeah. sprightly type of mood. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more like a sad yeah. kind of feeling. Like that one is longing for something. This one is tired or something. That one is drunk, obviously. You know, that's the, that's the expression, yeah. the feeling, you know? Yeah. 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 So it's not that it's the, the space is heavy. No, thank you. I want to hire you to write my like reviews. Like, not really reviews, bad. like an explanation of the artwork. Yeah, yeah. really bad. But I will do it. Just put my name there. No, you have a personal opinion. If you put, and I love that. If you put my name there, then people, I can just say, like, yeah, I did it too. I'm part of this. <laughs> I did it. Step through that. Uh, Steph spoke about it. Okay, anyhow, so these skills that you have, how long did you take to get here? The eight years? Um, wow, I would say that it's very hard for me to even say I'm here. Mm. Uh, so Work in progress. It feels like that, but mm. I also understand that maybe from the outside it doesn't look like that because um, of course I think I have gotten some place, at least certain, I'm able to put up some pieces of work. Yeah. So I'm not like, in my own head, I feel like I'm nothing. Like, yeah. Sometimes, you know, the yeah. imposter syndrome is very real. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, eight years of, but I think it's because, I wouldn't say eight focus years of like painting or yeah. production design or yeah. photography or anything. But it's really the, fueled by curiosity, I'm trying out so many different things, right? Mm. Um, and having, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't even say having that faith that it pays off. Because it, it is true that, in different medium, I learned something new yep. that I am using and applying. So the learning curve is actually very interesting. It's not like linear. Yeah, it's not. It's like, you know, when I'm painting, uh, the composition came from because the way I view the world through a camera, through my film lens, you know, um, and the colors are something, the material of it. How do I depict a certain surface? For example, if I want. Um, the glass in a painting to feel a certain way it's because of set styling or art direction they have done on set because mm. I'm very used to props I'm used to materials mm. working with contractors so it's like a big giant mind map 
Yeah. So interesting. That's really interesting. Okay, then go to the point where the, the part that I cannot achieve, like having this big canvas in front of you, how do you look at something so small and then how do you see the big picture? Right. I've always, that's like a really big question I want to ask artists like who paint. Right. Um, okay, I think firstly, it's super interesting hearing you say that because yeah. I hate painting small. Yeah. My point right now, my goal now is to paint so many canvases to the point that I paint myself out of the house. Okay. That, you know, I have to fill it up so many that I have no choice, like both and I must find a studio space yeah. to justify that. Yeah. Um, but I get what you mean that the proportion or being able to see where it's going on the scale level. Um, one thing that really helps me is that the bigger the painting, the more when you step back. And it's, to me, it's a very philosophical idea that um, sometimes, you know, either friendships, relationships or whatever, if it's important to you, more often you have to step back, give space for perspective. So every, every time I'm painting, I'm mostly standing. So that really helps. Um, of course, I have small sketches to kind of just portion, but that's a mathematical thing. That's like one third, two third, where yeah, is it going? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think big canvases excite me because it feels like, a cave that I can throw myself into. Mm. And when I present it, it feels like a very big hug that I can offer. Mm. The bigger oh, so is. sweet. You yeah. should put that in your um, next slide. A bit cheesy, you know? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I guess it's how you want to sell yourself and how you want to portray yourself yeah. as an artist. But I think it's a... Okay, uh, Yang is one of the first few people that I do not know... Well, I've met her a few times, but as in like, we're not actually friends who hang out and stuff. Outside of this podcast, we hate each other. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is the fifth, fifth place. I've only seen her here and there yeah. at Moonstone and whatnot, yeah. and um, so it's interesting to that you're the first person I've interviewed that who is not my friend. So usually when I interview someone, you when you interview someone that you know, it's very easy, yeah, because you know what to pull out. Yeah. But it's interesting that I'm speaking to you as a stranger almost, yeah, and I like what you're saying. Okay, it's good. I was like, am I making you nervous? Everything that I'm hearing for you so far makes me feel good about art. I think that is the journey of someone who is not taught the arts. Yeah. Who didn't go in that route. The traditional so, way. Yeah. The way, like, I'm also, like, multi-medium type person, but I don't consider myself an artist because I don't draw, I suppose. Like, I take photos or I edit videos or I, you know, like, creative direct space uh, videos and then... in interior design for spaces, which is still, I guess, in the arts, but it's not, I, I always felt like it's not really art just because, like, you're not drawing something on paper or, right. like, wood or whatever. I mean, to me, I mean, just following you on social media, I feel like your home is your canvas. It is, it is. It absolutely so. jumps out to me in yeah, the sense yeah. that, like, this is definitely, like, Steph's house. I can, mm. It's very easy for me to recognise, or if I see somebody else's house, it's... If their similarity is like yeah, very Steph vibes, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, or and, there's a specific style in my home, you mean? Yeah. Or at least I see you, your identity. Yeah. I and think your daughter, that. Yeah. So it wasn't very intentional. It was just like over the years, like when people ask me like, how do you design your house? It's a feeling. It's a space. So I guess it's the opposite from a canvas. Like for you, like when you see a canvas, it's your cave that you can escape into and create something, right? Mm -hmm. For me, if you ask me to design your house, if I walk into the space immediately, I can see 
it as a geometric shape mm. where the light is coming in mm. and I can envision within like minutes or hours like how exactly I want the space to look like right. and what to procure to make that space look right. like that. So I have that for spaces. Yeah. Any space. And also it needs to speak the the person, my client's mm. like identity in that space. Mm. But I can't do it on a piece of paper. Mm. So I guess that's I guess that's my way of seeing it. But then mm. it's not like I went to study it or whatever. Yeah. I I really don't know. It's probably like you so it's really you hard to explain. Yeah. It's developed but also it's not even a style because it's very my like you said, my home speaks my own language, right? But I know that if I did my home for you it wouldn't it wouldn't translate. No, it would be a bit my house for me. Yeah, but, but it wouldn't. Cool. No, but it wouldn't speak your language. It needs to speak you right. when you come home. But you know if I, mean? I like your style, and that's why I asked you to help me. Would that be perhaps, help? perhaps? So in that sense, yeah, yeah perhaps. But I'm a curiosity. Which room or part of the house do you start? Did you start with your own home, or usually do you start with other people's house first? No, like I've never, I've never first? done, I've never done com- uh, residential interior design. Right, right only right, commercial. Right. Okay, but what about your own home? Uh, where do I start? Like, was it living room first? Like more. But my room, room, my house changes every three to six months. It's very modular. Oh. I only buy modular furniture. Oh, so no, it's all like with it. I just move them around the house. Oh. Yeah. So okay. they always get like shuffled around. Right. Because right. I get bored. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so I guess my house, like you said, is my living canvas in that mm. sense. Yeah. Because I read this thing where um this I think this interior designer, he always starts with the kitchen. Mm. I don't have a... So I thought that was a very interesting, like I wouldn't have thought about that. that I'm way. not so methodical. For me, it's whichever space I come into first because... When you do commercial space, it's spatial design. Mm. I have to create the spaces. So it's not like a home where, okay, this will be your living right. room and that will be. Right. You know, when you go in a commercial space, like, okay, I need a, they'll tell me I need a front desk, I need a meal shower, room showers or whatever they need. Wow. And then I plot the space in terms of the spatial design. Right. Which is very fun for me. So I love it. Sorry that I don't know what have you done. Like what, what Oh, I've only done gyms yeah. mostly. So yeah. like crew, the current one I'm doing crew, I'm right. working on a cafe and my old cafes obviously and then um bar lab yoga lab the bar lab side right so those people okay yeah the next time when i go i'll be able to like keep a lookout yeah and it's very different my home is very different from all these commercial spaces commercial spaces i like to keep it to quite monotone Mm. so it doesn't deviate very far from that that one palette Mm. Um, whereas my home is like very colorful Mm. but only in the living room so for me the home is the home. The rooms in the homes are like children, like people. They have their personality. They have their personality. So the right. the living room is a young, maybe twenty something person ready to mm. engage and entertain, mm. always changing, learning. Whereas the bedroom is like an eighty year old man. It's always monotone in terms of grey tones, and it's for you to calm your mind. So I don't have television. Like mm. there's nothing. There's nothing yeah. too 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 crazy. Yeah. Less furniture also. Yeah. Wow, I love I love that you personify them. Yeah, so they they're all like people yeah. in the house, and yeah. it all comes together. Even the toilet is its own identity because I always make toilets with mirrors on every wall. Because the toilet is the space where you feel most vulnerable in the sense like oh you know like oh mm-hmm. if you sit down you know you get offended and you want to confront it on the mirror. Correct. Wow. Yeah. So it's always and it's the infinite <laughs> mirrors, right? Mm. And it's also the the place where you can be most narcissistic. Because mm. you're alone, you're it's yourself. That you're allowed to do yeah. it. Yes. Yes. So permission. my powder room or the guest room toilet, right, will yeah. always be like that. Wow. Even in my first restaurant, uh, first cafe, it was like that. 
And y'all, okay, we digress, we major digress, but I was very interested when I heard you say that because it's very similar to me where I don't have I don't have any like formal education in terms of art. It's just like she said, like you go to YouTube, you, you know, if I don't edit something, I'll go to YouTube, search it, or figure it out. For cameras. In the past, there was no Google when I had started picking up the camera. Mm-hmm. So it's asking people, yeah. like, just like, yeah, correct. Just playing around with it and learning what each thing is. And to this day, I can tell you straight out, I'm not very technical in the camera, but I know how to work my camera to get what yeah. I want. Yeah. If I want a bokeh, I know how to do it to yeah. make it come up. But I don't actually know what I'm doing. If you ask me, like, okay, yeah. what is the f-stop? How should how much should the ISO be? All this, no, I'll be like, uh, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I know how to get there. So it's quite yeah. funny that and I, you're at yeah, the same I mean, in that sense. I think ultimately. The camera's not a god, you know. I know, but then like purists, like yeah, you know no, what I mean, like yeah. purists, yeah. like artists will always shun. I, I not always can cannot put everyone in a box, but a lot of people will shun people like us because you did not have formal education, and they feel like okay, but I spent all that money and did all that, you know. Mm, I mean, I definitely can see why, um, whether they're purists or not, it's in that sense, it's still a respect for the craft because Correct. people have spent like you know years in yes. a dark room developing their own photos right, understanding right. how light works yes um yeah but i think it's as long as we can learn either ways yeah. you know when i do portraits i learn from people who their entire education was just ceramics yes and then you know i'm like some rando coming in yeah trying to make some cups you make her own cups <laughs> if you're wondering yeah. yeah but um it's and that's why I think in anything, the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. Correct. And I can 100%. only meet them with more admiration and respect. And then after that, I'm like, oh my god, let me continue working hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there are artisans and all that. And I'm not, we're not slamming anyone who had a formal education and saying, oh yeah, we didn't and you guys did, you wasted all your time and money. No, no, no. I'm very jealous. No, <laughs> not that. If anything... I'm still always learning. Mm. I'm always hungry to learn something new, a new skill. Please tell me something I don't know how to do it better. Digressing. It's lots of digression here. We are we're having fun. Yes, yes, we're having fun. Um so to my next point, how do you remain inspired through pre-COVID and until now? Mm. Um, I think for me it has always been about people in the sense of like their lives, their culture, what do they do, where have their, you know, the touch of their hands in the sense of like, you know, somebody that made a food or somebody that made a cup, you know. So I think for me it was about people and the more people I meet, the more stories I get to listen to, the more things I get to learn, the more things I get to put into my paintings mm-hmm. or um, any artwork, right. So exposure in that sense, being able to travel physically or just constantly being able to consume a lot um, stimulates my brain and mm. I hate being bored um, which is also something I had to learn in mindfulness you know, in, ther- in like therapy and meditation but um, yeah that's how it is so feels. the human condition and cultures just basically a robust really, life absolutely it's being around. fascinating constantly how about nature because for me it's always nature you know inspire you in what sense for example like if i would i had a new branding uh or artwork or whatever i had to think about it would be major in terms of like let's say the sunset today's colors right it strikes me this palette i'll take a photo and i'll go and pull out the color tones right right. and you don't work from there something like that or if i go hiking and the movement of one squirrel jumping from one tree to another and it'll inspire me for something else so right uh, does nature do that for you or no or is Um, it mostly just people i guess 
for your end, it sounds like it's a visual inspiration, yeah. like being yeah. able to pull palettes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, things like that. But I think for me, beyond the visual imagery, yeah. the inspiration comes in the excitement in wanting to, to create something. Oh, okay, okay. Almost like oh, encouragement is like somebody breathes inspiration. Yeah, like the fresh air or like that. That makes me want to create. I know, I know, I know. It, it, it's like osmosis. It's energy. Yeah. It's like yeah. people transferring you the energy unknowingly mm. when you're around good people. When I say good, I don't mean good and evil, that kind of thing. It's more like uh, positive people doing things. Mm. Even people who don't even know that they're pushing so hard to do something. Yeah. For example, someone who makes Hokkien Me like, every day and like you see the way he does it and it's just like a craft already. Something like that, right? Because mm. I'm the same way in that sense. Mm. It does drive me forward. It does make me sound like that's yeah. me happy. Yeah, it makes me want to contribute yeah. Yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Like yes. if there's something valuable that I can say that might help someone, comforting or whatever. Yeah. Even if it's by saying, I mean like through a piece of work. Yeah. You know, so... Um, yeah, in that sense, it inspires me, makes me want to keep going. Mm, interesting. And that brings us to our next topic, YouTube. <laughs> She's um, a big YouTube fan, and um, I want to know how YouTube has helped you with your art in terms of supplies, in terms of inspiration, and also because we understand that YouTube, when you buy things from overseas, you don't get any transactional fees. And one of the lowest price rates out there. Yeah. Um, so... How do you use YouTube and what does it do for you? Okay, um, I guess to the last point or so um, about inspiration, yeah. the other part of it is I also love reading any kind of books um, from art books and to basically she likes books. Yeah. Um, and that's why I buy a lot of books online. And to yeah. me, books are my way of being able to travel. Um, so every time I see a kid reading a book, in my head, I'm like thinking the kid is going places, like he's like literally going places in the brain. Um, so in that sense, I this is not, nobody made me say this, but I really use YouTube card to buy, she's not getting paid for honestly. <laughs> to buy my books online, um, titles that are rare. Why YouTube though? Because I don't have to pay the transaction fee, that's it. Because I meant that it's like either conversion rates when the books don't come in sing dollars. Um, I love that there's an app that you can use it easily. So anytime you want to track your transactions, you want to top up, um, you want to check your security, you can lock the card. If you feel like there's something fraudulent happened to me like two weeks ago, oh. some rando from Canada is trying to like make some transaction. So I got a notification, immediately I went into the app. The notification is from the app. I got the notification from um, PayPal first, but because I linked my YouTube to PayPal, so then YouTube later will be like, this transaction is declined or you know, can't yeah. go through, whatever. And then I lock my card on the app. And I'm just basically blocking all the transactions. Right? Oh, I didn't know that YouTube had an app that, you, that you, so you can see all your transactions yeah. and you can control the card basically. Yep. And you top it up, so it's a debit in that sense. It's not like free flow, you know. Ah, okay, okay. It's safe. We have Yang today as an unofficial YouTube ambassador to talk about new treatment how it helped her and we're gonna wrap it up sign up with arch5 a-r-c-h-5 by end of october to enjoy five dollars when yeah. you activate your card well that was also quite insightful i didn't know anything about you trip now i feel like i need to sign up you don't have a card no i'll get it it's great i really Honestly. didn't know about it but mm. now that i'm hearing about it it really does sound like helpful mm. okay so do you have any advice for 
people out there who might want to go into the arts mm -hmm. because you are also an individual who is working for yourself mm -hmm. and how do you like I think the, the most common question here is how do you know if you're going to get work next month mm -hmm. right like when do the jobs do, do you have sudden death in terms of jobs absolutely uh, sudden sudden death I love that um, yeah I in fact last year when covid first hit mm. so i remember last year i woke up and there was the very first covid cluster that happened and it's at the hotel that i was supposed to work with oh my so immediately i think i had this really um <clears throat> a really deep understanding that at that point covid is very real even mm -hmm. though at that point it all kind of just felt like rumors yeah. we weren't sure about anything um and i was like in no way would i want my art to become a cluster further yeah. and secondly you know that can take a back seat because I think what's happening in the world right now um, it's more important in a sense yeah in, I mean an emergency you know yeah. so um, yeah sudden, sudden deaths I get it mm. so how do you how would you have any advice for people who want to come into this industry as a freelancer how do you find work how do you manage like these like periods of no work mm. And how do you find more work from there? Mm. From personal experience, of course, we don't need you to tell them from like a very professional point of view. Mm. Mm. Okay, I think that honestly, um, the greatest hurdle really is all of these uncertainties that yeah. you just mentioned, right? Um, and I think there are many, like you said, professional ways to get around these things, which is um, you can listen to podcasts that get you to hustle, um, you know, there, there are those ways to do it, but I think what it's what was most helpful to me was being able to know more about myself and understand more about myself. Because I think from there, building habits, building a plan, be it a business plan or a plan as to how I want my hours to do to go, because <clears throat> I work in them like in a collection, you know. Um, or facing any uncertainties in a sense. Not enough work, how much do I charge? Am I low-balling myself? Yeah. Am I spoiling the market? Um, how do I even put myself out there? How do I network? Yeah. All of those comes, I think it's only important and only works if it works for you, or in this sense, me. <laughs> because if it doesn't work, then what's the point? It's just going to be somebody else's plan being told to you. Yeah. Yeah. So... So how do you set about doing that for yourself? Like, what was the structure that you gave yourself? Structure as in... Like, the plan that you just talked about. Right. Okay, I think firstly, start with journaling. Yeah. Okay, but I know it sounds very self-help guru journaling, but what I mean is that I realized what I needed first before I can make conclusions was I needed data about myself. That means one week, how many days can I work full force in that sense? How many days and how many hours a day is my deepest focus. So I work now in two-hour chunks, you know? Anything more than two hours, I'm like a kid in tuition, you know, after two hours, I'm like, I cannot really. Yeah. So I need to understand that about myself, and then I design my life around it. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of networking is best for me? You know, I do best only in one-to-one. -one. I'm not so good in a room setting. So COVID kind of works for me in that sense. Mm. Uh, groups of five is perfect, you know, yeah. more than enough. So things like that. And from there, once you know more about yourself, you can figure out what works. So, hopefully, that's helpful. I think, yeah, it is. It is. In a nutshell, what you're trying to say is 
build a plan that works around your own mental sanity when your it comes personality. to work. Yeah, yeah. Personality what works well. for you. Because mm. that makes sense. Because I know people who work 8, 12, 15 hour days mm-hmm. and they're not happy. And for you, it's you're working, back, well, I don't know backwards or forwards, right? But you're working in a way where you're saying like, hey, I know that this is two hours of my time is what I can give fully to my work. So I'm going to do two hour blocks. And then in between, maybe I'll take yeah. this interview and you know, so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah. And because you're doing that, the work comes out more organic. And therefore, and then you go network yourself. Probably also you give yourself two hours slots yeah. and to meet <laughs> two, three people at a time. And because of that, it will organically bring you more work. Because... Mm. You're happy doing what you do. No, and anything else more than that outside of this plan, I am horizontal. Yeah, I am. I mean, I, I did work to a point that I was very burnt out um, where I needed to seek professional help from there. So from there, it was really a big shift in my life. Mm. But uh, tangibly that I can share is really keep this data about yourself. Mm. Yeah. It Nobody helps. can understand you like you. Yeah, and if you don't understand yourself, I guess it'll be great if you start today, mm-hmm. right? Like, like what you said, like how long can you focus or um, what do you really enjoy doing? And can you afford to earn less money while you're doing this, while you're building something? Yeah. And what makes you comfortable at the end of the day? Mental sanity. Mm-hmm. I think that we live in a time where it's great where freelancers thrive. Back in the day, not so easy. These, in this day, like you want to put your work out there, you have so many social media platforms that can help you. And um, big companies are willing to take on freelancers because they pay less than playing an agency. And you get different yeah. kinds of people working for you with different kinds yeah. of work being produced. And your client based on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So, um, what advice would you give? For what? Have you been... And then I'm guessing that this is in this episode only that you are talking about this. Yeah. So yeah. what advice would you give as well? For like whatever they just asked me. Um, I would say for because like the work that I do, right, it's also very project based, right? Like we do like online marketing, digital strategies, we do like um, you know, interior design and whatnot, but it's all small scale commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know how or when the next project is coming so like you said i think it's very important to understand how many the block of hours you can work for me i've never really thought about that i thought about that in terms of days right so my week actually really start on tuesdays i like to plan everything on tuesdays because weekends i also have my daughter or you know like socializing or whatnot and i don't think like from the outside people think like i'm super extrovert and stuff right i really need time to just be in a change yeah so Mondays are sort of like I'm iffy about working on Mondays, but I do have to reply this, I will. But my week usually starts on Tuesdays onwards. And in this industry, sometimes you work on weekends, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the days for me, it's not really about the hours because my work right. is not really like focusing on painting and stuff. Right. So I know that if I I can feel it if I go on and off for two weeks nonstop. Mm. I will give myself like because I can choose the projects to take or not, right? Mm. I'll give like one or two weeks buffer to kind of like okay, this one two weeks I work three days, right? And give back to my daughter, give back to myself, yeah, jump into a bath or something like that. So in that sense, I guess it's, it 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 makes sense with yours. Mm. Um, to give yourself the amount of time you know you need to work, and then the amount of rest that you need as well. Mm. Um, and then wait, I forgot what I was talking about. The advice, right? So yeah. The amount of time given to work, 
but then also how you get work. For her, networking is tiring. It is for me too, but I realized that this is the change in me. Like the, the cafe that I was running that closed really helped me is I used to put judgment on people once I see them first. Mm-hmm. There is like, okay, well, this person is a yuppie, that person is a whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So now, because of the cafe, I've spoken to so many people and it actually helped me open my eyes to like really not judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. That is how it has helped me with networking. Right, because I'm more transparent about who I am to people I meet, even when I just meet them off the bat and I stop the judgment. Right. It has helped me so much in getting more jobs because I'm more relaxed and my walls are now down and I don't have an agenda when I go and meet people. Right, so that has really helped the judgment zone. It's gone, um, and honestly, to really only work with people who inspire you. And when I say inspire, it doesn't mean that they have to be super successful or anything like that. Mm. You know, you can like take the chance. Work. Huh, you sorry. take the way they work. Yeah, exactly. You can take a chance on anyone. You can just see the way they work and the tenacity they have and you admire that. Like you said, you know, whatever inspires you, people around, mm. whoever, that tenacity is important. Mm. And I realized that when I do that, it organically brings out brings about more work because whoever works with you mm. likes the way you work if they get a gig they will also like refer you to mm. that gig so honestly this year that's how I've been like getting more jobs it's right. really from one mouth to another it's yeah. not I've never done like any online marketing or any form of marketing in that sense it's all zero dollar and which is why I always have people that I'm very blessed this year but that would be my two cents say mm. man- time management rest <clears throat> and then when you network, just be more transparent and and because I realize that I can feel vibes very easily. So when I meet someone and the vibe they give me is like, okay, I know this person is trying to knock a dollar off me or something. Mm. I immediately like shut down because I, I if I feel like right. that, that everyone needs hustle. Yeah, but when it's not real, yeah, like you're just selling and name dropping, then I can't do it anymore. Is that a challenge for you, or it's okay? It's very easy for you to to be able to recognize that vibe and then. It's easy for you to say no, or is it is it even a challenge for you? No, no. I read by it's very, very well. So you read it and it's okay. it's easy for you to say no. Yeah. You don't have to like... Oh no, I'm quite a bitch in that sense. <gasps> I'm very like, I don't have that issue. Okay. I don't feel bad because right. work is work, right? And right. if I want to put out organic work, and this is like art we're talking about, like a video or like a, a space, right? Yeah. And that space or this thing has to be used for a very long time. I don't think about it as like, because you know in social media, not everything's really fast-paced. I don't think about one person looking at it for two seconds, which is what social media is just about, right? When you design like art pieces and spaces, they're supposed to last forever. Well, as long as the business lasts, I suppose. Yeah. Like right? warranty. Correct. So I don't see it so lightly. I actually take it quite seriously. Right. So it's easier to say no if you're not comfortable. Yeah that you just take on everything just because yeah. you won't pay. I guess the struggle is where you have to say yes, maybe for anyone who might be starting out or whatever oh, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. At the beginning, there's no choice. Yeah, because really. being able to say no is so in itself. A luxury. A luxury. Yes. Yeah. So um, I feel that too. And the sudden deaths, then you're like, no time for attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, there's that too. But I don't know, maybe for me, I've really been lucky this year. The jobs came on because of the way that I work. COVID has really helped my business because then people will turn to smaller companies. But I'm sure you're good at what you do, which is then this in-person marketing I think is the best marketing. What 
people have told me is that they, they the, off the bat, like, they'll say, I think you're very creative and I think that you should create something for us. And then they're like, blank check. No, there's no blank check. There's always a very, very low budget. They, people look for me because they have very small budgets, okay? And they ask me to be creative and working that budget. Yes, exactly. And we have to conclude the podcast. Thank you Thank for you. watching Kill Wherever This Is. Thank you.